This is exactly right. This is a podcast. That's how we are. That's Karen Kilgariff. That's Georgia Hartstark. Thanks for having us in your ears. What's going on in here? Ooh. Are you cold? What's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) What was that thing we started sending each other pictures of? Tweezers pulling. Was that some hair being pulled out of cat's ears? No, it was poodles. They do this. <laughs> I found videos of um, hair, like long haired dogs get hair like stuck in their ear, you know? And then there's videos of like groomers yanking it out and the dogs give. <laughs> and they're my favorite thing in the world. And they're right to be making that noise and shivering in disgust because. What? I cannot figure out like that. The zip popping uh-huh. videos also love like all the different. I can't figure out how I feel about it. Oh, you it don't like lo- a, you don't you're not like absolutely love or hate. You're like in, in it feels like attraction repulsion. It yeah. feels like I'm not sure I want to look away. Yeah. I can't. That's disgusting. I don't want to see it. I can't <laughs> stop looking at it like it's a real I guess that's part of the a- appeal for people. I love it purely and with a pure heart and soul but then i can't watch like people getting punched like stuff like that upsets me a lot oh that's what i that's what i am looking for <laughs> like when there's, there's gonna be a fight on like you know on the senate floor or something i can't i get so upset and i feel so bad for everyone involved and on the senate floor. i don't know you know when they box and stuff on the senate floor <laughs> you know what's really funny is my sister there was some video that went viral recently of somebody getting punched and my sister I was like I can't remember um how we were talking about it but at the same time we both started laughing and we're because people were flipping out like oh this person got punched or whatever yeah and at the same time we're like that was that was not even a good fight that was not even a good punch (laughs) and then we started laughing because when we were in college Mm -hmm. my sister hung out with this group of guys who and they were it was all people from my high school like a huge group of people from my high school went to sacramento together yeah and some of my cousins like there was a whole bunch of us up there and so everyone would go i mean i couldn't my sister was old enough to go to these bars on the weekend Mm mm-hmm but she would go with this group of guys who at the end of the night would absolutely fight someone in the street. And it was just going to happen <laughs> because they were going to get drunk and they were going to start a fight with somebody. And so like someone they sister, didn't know or part of their group. It's it just whoever. depended. But usually it was someone they yeah. didn't know. And so my sister, they would, you know, end up standing outside Black Angus or wherever the fuck they would be. <laughs> and, you know, my sister's in her like guest mini skirt and her arms crossed all rolling her eyes and then there's all there was always like girlfriends standing next to her like crying and going stop it stop it and she'd be like just be quiet it's gonna be over in like five minutes don't worry (laughs) about it she's playing her part that's her part (laughs) is to get really upset and and meanwhile my sister's like checking her watch and she's just like yeah this is (laughs) like this is what happens every weekend just it doesn't need to be that big of a deal oh god so funny not into fighting 
love fighting scares me it scares me and like and it's also just like the way that people's face looks when they face look when they realize that getting punched hurts even though they've been talking a lot of shit and suddenly they're like oh this is real yes i don't like that feeling like that feeling of that cold washing over you of oh this is fucking happening yeah. You know. Well, very true. And I do not envy boys and men who have to get sometimes feel that they have to get into that situation. Yeah. Like they just that's the only choice they have or they have like a smart mouth or a bad personality <laughs> and they get themselves in that situation. But at the same time, and uh-huh. I think it's because my dad was just kind of like a real big guy. Yeah, yeah. So I never had to. F- I just knew that if anything happened. I was with the guy that was going to win. Totally. You he's were. bigger than everybody. And he was scary, even not punching anybody. Yeah. He, was, he could be scary enough to make people go away. He's an intimidating presence. And actually, you know, what Vince's dad always said is uh, when he was Vince was a kid. Vince's dad said to him, don't start any fight, but finish every fight. Yeah, I love. Yes. so much, which is. I think how you should live your life completely like you don't let people walk on you, yeah. but you you don't look for trouble. Right. My mom told me this great story one time. They were <laughs> they were walking in some little town like um, in, you know, kind of they went out for the day mm-hmm. and had lunch or something mm-hmm. and they were walking by this bar and there were some dudes standing outside the bar, like, you know, hanging out or smoking. They kind of look like biker dudes. And as they walked by, one of them made a joke about my dad being bald. What? And, th- and they walked, they kept walking and that my mom said they walked like 10 more feet. And then my dad, <laughs> they were kind of like arm in arm or holding hands or whatever. And then my dad stopped and turned to my mom and said, now you stay right here. I'll be right back. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walked straight back to them and they all ran away. Yes. Because oh. he was just, he was like, and my, my mom just thought, oh, he is just kind of embarrassed and he's like, whatever. But he basically walked her away from the area. Yeah. So that he could go back and kick their ass. This is not for you. <laughs> Let me take a moment. Yep. Now you stand here. Not involving you. Clothing store. You're clear of debris <laughs> or anything that could fly out of this fight. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't. I mean, like, yeah, actually, I've never been in, in a physical fight. Oh, Personally, I would I would never do it. And I'd always be like, ew, oh, my God, like I could I could do it. But I would always just be like, I'd rather just be mean and insult you. (laughs) It's so weird. It's It's like it goes in slow motion for sure. Have you been in fights? Oh, yeah. Well, like girl fights. Yeah. I was in one fight in high school with like my friend and we got had this falling out. And then she came out after me in the lunch and the like main (gasps) quad or whatever. And yeah, uh, I fucking won. Sorry, Yvette. Uh, Yeah, we we, we made up later. It's not. It's (laughs) fine. But I definitely punched her in the face. And <laughs> so you know what happened is like she came after me. We start fighting. I'm bi- I was bigger than her and like a little scrappier. I feel I feel terrible about that because I'm so anti-fighting and violence and all of that. But you know, it doesn't 16, help. Had all the hormones happening, and that's what it is. I think when you're younger, or also when you're first um, having fun times with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And you have that kind of like your invincible feeling. Yeah. There's it's very normal to kind of test that out or to have yeah. these weird and then like like emotional times. 
No, no. (laughs) Then like passionate friendships with girls that you have at that age are so fraught (sighs) with so many emotions and, you know, just the highs and lows that happen. The betrayals betrayal. of, of those kind of like, I've tried to yeah. tell Nora stuff without being, sounding like a, a crazy, like old <laughs> witch going, beware. <laughs> but it's like that kind of thing where, and what worries me about the way people parent these days mm-hmm. is they're so up the asses of like so-and-so's friends, parents. Now we're friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm talking about kind of small town stuff, yeah. but. Just I always worry about that because it's like, what if they f- have a falling out and they truly don't like one of them does something truly fucked and yeah. they're not going to be able to tell you about it. And then suddenly they have to hang out because the parents are friends. Like it's all that stuff we didn't have to worry about. Yeah. Back in the day. Don't worry about that. I okay. think that's when I'll take that one off, off my list. list. <laughs> <laughs> Permission. I think to check good. it <laughs> off my list. Thank you. Um, I, need, I needed to hear that. Let's see. Are you watching anything, doing anything fun, special reading? I feel like that I'm doing my, um, I'm doing my thing where I'm rewatching British shows mm-hmm. <laughs> that have brought me a sense of peace and calm. Great. So the one I'm doing right now is a television show that I truly adore called Lark Rise to Candleford. <laughs> Those words don't mean <laughs> anything to me. Uh, it is none so of them. good. Did you watch Downton Abbey? Oh, uh, first season. Yeah. So there is um, there was a like a footman or a butler mm-hmm. on that show. Mm-hmm. And he was like the da- big famous one from downstairs. He mm-hmm. plays the dad in this show. That guy's name's Brendan Coyle. Mm-hmm. And then the woman who I love, which every I think everybody loves her. She played the daughter on Absolutely Fabulous. Remember oh, the put yeah, upon daughter? Her name's so good. Julia Sawala. Yeah, I believe she's the lead. Great. And she works, she runs the post office. Okay. And then, <laughs> the and then, and then Claudia Blakely, who, um, she plays the mom. Uh-huh. And I've talked about her before. She's the British actress that was in something else that we loved yeah. that I was like, she needs her own props because she's so good. And oh, she's like, um, she's in the Pride and Prejudice movie. Uh-huh. She's amazing. So it's basically kind of like all my British actor friends in a, one big show. And then it's like village life in the like, it seems like, I don't know, mid 1800s. Okay. That sounds like Country. everything I don't want and everything you want. And I'm really happy it's for every, you. It is. It's like everything I want. But it also is a thing where, you know, like, and maybe this is a quarantine thing. But like around the time I start watching TV at night, Mm -hmm. what I start, my brain is like, oh, you can just go hang out. It's almost like I'm going into another room where the people are. It's It has that vibe because it's families and there's like little problems. It's almost like a British soap opera a little bit. Yeah. So you're like actually having a life still. Yes. But it's just you're not involved (laughs) in it. It's it's very sad. I'm not (laughs) not saying that. (laughs) (laughs) The people. They're my friends. Um, my TV I, people. I have a suggestion for something to calm your nerves or like happy watching. Great. So, do, okay, old game shows. Sure. They there's a channel called Buzzer B U Z Z R. <laughs> I think it's like an app you probably like have to add on or whatever. Sure, uh, that just shows old fucking weird game shows. And there's this one that I we had never seen before that we are now obsessed with called Concentration. Yeah, you know that one. We're solving the puzzle. You're solving the puzzle, and when and you, it's like memory, like the game memory, where you turn over a thing and it's like washer and dryer, and then you turn yes. over number fifteen and it's washer and dryer, and you match and you get, and then you have a chance. 
wanted to solve this puzzle and the original host was just clearly hated everyone and everything and he was so <laughs> mean and then he, and the puzzles were so hard and it would be like a riddle that you'd never heard of before so everyone now, lost sorry really quick yeah was the puzzle that was revealed a there's a word for it and i won't be able to yeah, remember it's but like it's those things with the i i see the cow or whatever yes okay so the people there are people right now that know the name and are yelling at their <laughs> what is it phone and i'm sorry but they're also the things that are inside the peps yes. ribbon a caps. like a riddle using pictures a rube mm, there's a word yeah rubik's ruben yeah Sure. Ram. A rebus. It's a fucking rebus. Really? You got it? Yeah. Nice. I believe so. Nice job. I believe so. Sorry, keep going. No, no, no. So then Alex Trebek takes over, which reminded me that we need <gasps> to fucking pour a little of my non-alcoholic beer on the yeah. carpet for in memory of who a man we grew up with, Alex Trebek. Bless his heart. Entirely. And so my family watches Jeopardy every night at either seven or seven thirty. I can't remember when it's on up there. Well, it's at seven because yeah. then Wheel of Fortune comes on after and the we best. turn it really fast. You don't like um, Wheel of Fortune? Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. It's too stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. Okay. But Jeopardy is like, that's how, it, when Jeopardy's not on at seven, I know something weird's happening oh. with my family. That's that thing of like, why, what, why, why hasn't my dad made popcorn and why isn't Jeopardy on Instead at seven? Instead of an awkward silence, there's an awkward no Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I love that. And so Alex Trebek now is the host. It's like the 80s, I think. And sure. it's much better. He he likes his job and the, and the puzzles. <laughs> he's not mad. Oh, he's not mad and insult. He this guy like insulted the players. It was so funny. Um, so that's great. And then Alex Trebek, rest in peace. And then another thing yes. we didn't mention talk about so sad. last week. I think because we were so amped about the election and like it didn't even cross my mind, but like Kamala Harris is the first fucking female nominee. Vice president. Yeah. Yeah. Any not nominee. Yeah. Anything. It's he, I feel like it's overshadowed by this. So many things that are happening. But it's like, yes, incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. You know what? We're it's that kind of thing where like they have to go through. They're just being forced to go through the things they're going through now. Yeah. I do love that uh, the Trump administration is a one for 25 in their um, court cases. They've lost all but Amazing. one. Amazing. But also it's just like it's like this is just that it's going to be a difficult in between time. We all knew it would be. We all knew he wasn't going to have grace, uh, <laughs> dignity, um, any kind of like larger picture behavior choice. It was just going to be him tweeting. I won at four in the morning. <laughs> Why start now? I mean, Why start now? You yeah. Know? Can't. Too late. Old dogs. Old dogs. <laughs> but I think, you know what? That's a great point. And it's the kind of thing that I think once we're in January, yeah. it'll be yes. a much easier thing to start saying, hey, there's all, all kinds of barriers. Barriers have been broken yeah. for lots of different people. Yeah. Right and it, I want I want to celebrate that instead of like instead of cowering in a corner, hoping that everything doesn't implode. But yeah, right. you're right. We're not there yet. Well, but they're really laying the foundation of uh, that it's not going to because yeah. it's basically just like but court conservative judge after conservative judge is saying there is no case here. And yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Can we talk about Sunday night? We found out that we were like on the Simpsons in a way. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the f I had no idea until someone was like someone Instagram commented 
cool Simpsons cameo. And I was like, what are they talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should actually thank the first person who tweeted me because this is how I knew. And it was one of those things where I kind of... um I didn't know what to do. Do you think you I were was like made looking. fun of first? I thought someone making fun yeah, of Oh us? yeah. Oh yeah. I was just like, oh shit, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> There's all kinds of ideas that went through my head. Yeah. At Stuart Farger, I think mm-hmm. Stuart underscore Farger. He just sent a, uh, so now I can tell you the story because he sent me this picture. He went, not sure if you've, if you've seen this already, but I couldn't risk not letting you know. And then he even put top right in, mm-hmm. but he sent me a picture where you were cropped out <gasps> of the cell. So when you texted me like two hours later, went, yeah. Oh my God, have you seen this? I was just like, I don't know. Oh fuck. I don't know what to do. I like, I was oh. just like, what? I, I was just like, my thing was, I guess I'll never talk about it. It's like your your feature in the Sacramento or in the um, Petaluma newspaper where they crop me out. But it's the fucking Simpsons. But it's the Simpsons. But you're like the G was there where I was like, oh, fuck, this is good. Whatever. And then. I opened the one you sent me yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, thank oh. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I appreciate you not celebrating without me. Um, <laughs> well, that's not that's not a celebration. <laughs> thank but you. it was it almost looked like, oh, it's just like it almost looked to me like it's first of all, like it's a movie when it's an animated thing. But mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, that just didn't that didn't make it into the shot. Right. Kind of thing. But for some reason, Stu just Stu cropped you <laughs> Stu out. It wasn't. It wasn't it turns out. So, so then it became a joyous celebration. Yeah, it's really cool. And if it, you haven't seen it yet. Yes, it's an episode um, where about Lisa and Marge getting into true crime podcast and, of course, small town dicks, which is uh, Lisa's podcast, IRL. (laughs) Yardley Smith, of course, does the small town dicks podcast. So that's there, of course. And then they go and it looks like a restaurant and there's like caricatures on the wall of like true crime podcasters. And we're there. It looks like Dan Tana's, which is a yes. famous steakhouse in L.A. where they have um, Car- celebrity pictures yeah. on the wall. I just and so like that, it's an honor after honor. Uh, also, we're up there with fucking Jesus and Mero, yeah. Dan Carlin, Sarah Caning, like all these yeah. people were just like, oh, shit. And the Doughboys are there, too. It's like I feel immortal. They're there in person. Yeah. Yeah. I feel immortal. It's fucking crazy. It's amazing. Also, Karina Longworth is there in person. It's, like, it's a really cool glow up for yeah. podcasters and people who have, you know, I think of the work that Karina Longworth puts into. You must remember this. Yeah. If, we've talked about that podcast a ton, but if you haven't heard it, it is just a brilliantly beautiful, done, beautiful podcast about old Hollywood uh, mayhem. I mean, not necessarily crime, but like, yeah, bad stuff, mayhem, yeah. weird stories, whatever. It's so well done. The work she puts into it yeah is unbelievable yeah it is and like it's like doughboys uh, as well have been doing this before there was money to be made like they've been doing this when you actually like kind of lost money by podcasting yes. <laughs> a little and bit. And the, the amount that they've spent on like the fast food. Exactly. That they, <laughs> exactly. they, they've lost money. They've lost Friends. their their health insurance. <laughs> no, it's very, it, it was really lovely. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's very cool. It's beautiful. And my friend Matt Selman was one of the first people I met in LA when I was, moved here when I was 24. He was 
I think maybe even younger than me. And we used to go to the same bar all the time. And at the time, he was the writer's assistant on The Simpsons. Wow, now he's an executive producer. Now he's the EP. He runs it. Yeah. With a bu- with other people. But yeah, he's he's the top dog. <laughs> amazing. So yeah. So then later on, he sent me an email saying, hopefully you saw the oh. Easter egg. And hopefully we, you know, you... You, we hope you did the, we did podcasting right uh, or whatever. It was really lovely. Honored. Yeah. Honored. A bit. I, I just can't even. I, uh, yeah. That's one of the things where I was looking at it. This was aside from the other worries that I had. I was looking at it and I'm like, now am I dead? Because this is <laughs> so crazy. Come on. Like, is this real? There's no way. Yeah. Like how, how important Simpsons was to me throughout my childhood. To the point where my sister yelled, Mom, George is having a cow when I had a yeah. seizure. <laughs> That's how important it was. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. You were probably 11, right? When it yeah. came out, because I was 19. Yeah. And it, went, it er, meant the world to us. It's 21. Incredible. That's just, it, it was re- a big fucking deal. It so kind yeah. of reminds me of when I th- saw um, Weird Al for the first time. <laughs> and I was like, oh my. And I just had to text my brother, like, I know this is crazy and we have, yeah, it it was wild. (laughs) These moments, these are high, um, I was going to say high water moments. (laughs) That's not the saying. I don't know what I'm saying. It was high caliber. Really. Speaking. It was a boutique moment. (laughs) I just wanted to, (laughs) I feel like there's, I'm in a, now that things have, now that it isn't pre-election week or election weekend or any of those things, mm-hmm. there's a, a tiny bit of normalcy ebbing back into life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's making me actually feel my feelings again, which oh. I don't appreciate or enjoy. <laughs> um, but this morning, so, you know, as I've told you a million times, I keep all these papers just sitting on my desk yeah. from every time we record. So... Because uh, I'm always like, you have to use it for scratch paper. Oh, it's sitting right in front of me. Um, and this morning, my therapist had a couple bangers, and I just wanted to share them. Okay. Because I always. literally was like, sorry, I need to write this down. Stop talking that. so I can write this down. Because I can't, I think I was just talking about how I'm having a hard time in COVID, kind of like, like I'm having reactions that don't make a ton of sense once they come out of my mouth. Hmm. And then I get really like self-loathing and feel a lot of shame to which she said, she's like, that's toxic shame (gasps) and toxic shame lies in wait for those moments when you falter. So it can jump out and yell. I was right all along. You're bad. (sighs) I feel that one. Yeah, I feel that. You know, everybody feels shame and sometimes it's actually very helpful. It keeps you from doing things you don't want to do that mm-hmm. you've already done before, whatever. But when you have toxic shame, yeah. it's a different thing. And when it's a it's that when that is your problem, you are you fall victim to this voice in your head that tricks you into thinking it knows everything and it's telling you how you are. Right. And that isn't accurate and it never updates itself. <gasps> it never yeah. it. You know, it's old. It's the she always she always uses the example of um, in uh, a beautiful mind that how the mathematician eventually understood. I'm having a, a schizophrenic episode because the people never aged that would appear to him. Ooh, I never saw that movie. It was always a little girl. Okay. She never got older, even though he was getting older. She ne- the people, his roommate was never different. And it's that. And she goes, and that's the you have to start putting out these markers so that when you have these waves of feeling. <sighs> You can go, oh, no, no, this isn't you finally accepting reality. Yeah. 
Like yeah. that's not that's not it. Shit, I like that one. I'm always trying. Yeah, I'm always trying to like put a name on that person or to describe that person. She's all, my therapist is always trying to get me to like, it's not you. It's a different fucking voice. And that's a really good one where it's like I can picture it. They're tricky. The it voice feels like you. It feels yes. like your brain. And it feels sometimes it's like, I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah. You want to tell you, tell you how you are. And like, and then good thing I've got you where you would fucking humiliate yourself all the time. Right. Yeah. And where it's like, and then meanwhile, on the outside, everyone's just like, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> we had a, and what's like, we had a great conversation. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, I get it. Just want to put that into the old, uh, into the old free therapy corner that we've started doing for everybody. <laughs> if anybody out there is dealing with toxic shame or an inter- internal voice that sure is mean to you. Mm, we all are. Yeah. Everybody is. Oh, also, she told me that when you have a wave of that, it usually takes 15 minutes for it to go away. Oh. So it seems like it's coming and it seems like, oh, this is permanently how things are forever. But if you can keep be aware that it's it's you're having an emotional moment, you just put on music for 15 minutes 15 like let yeah it's not a it's not forever okay yeah you move yeah. through it so i shouldn't just start yelling at it fuck you go away get out of my fucking head i hate you certainly don't start yelling at others <laughs> out loud is the only cure is for me to start having i should have done it <laughs> start having punching it in the face so that i'm just yes punches Old school, black, Angus, left, right, <laughs> left, hook. It's the old combination out, out in the street oh, in bet. old Sacramento. Okay. Uh, let's get fight in the street with exactly right news. Nice. Beautiful segue. Thank you. There it is. Thank you. There it is. Uh, merch design news. We have a new look and listen design. Um, yeah, it's done by friend of the family, Kate Lowe, L-O-W-E. It's Kate designs it on Instagram. It's just this really cool line drawing of our faces. Very simple, neat, beautiful look and listen. Continual line drawing. Yes. It's very delicate Uh and it's very, it's kind of different. And I really love it. It's so good. It's very different than like what we normally have, I feel like. Yeah. Great. So check that out on the web site store. And then that's on myfavoritemurder.com. And then do you want to, which, okay. What, what podcast from the exactly right library are you going to shout out this week, Karen? Well, first of all, just so everybody is aware, and this is something you may have heard the ad about or whatever, but uh, the exact right network and all the shows therein (laughs) may i may i use the word therein (laughs) we're now on pandora right so if you use pandora if you're into streaming if you're into experimental streaming (laughs) it's free (laughs) Um, but you can go over to pandora and you can listen to my favorite murder you can listen to all of the shows on exactly right and please do um, come support us on Pandora. Totally. Uh, for example, one of the shows this week's bananas, I have to tell you, I just listened to it this morning. Um, the guest on this week's bananas is infectious disease researcher Laurel Bristow. Mm. Um, she is the woman that's on Instagram, basically from the beginning, helping people understand, um, what's going on with COVID. She's basically like, they, I think a science translator is the term they kept using Ooh, on the show. Yeah. So she basically, um, updates people, tells them stuff. And, uh, she also started my, and my sister is her number one fan. Nice. So I've been hearing about Laurel for a while. Um, and now she has a thing called, yeah, dog, no dog, where she answers really stupid questions <laughs> about, <laughs> 
the pandemic and about COVID. And then so she, people ask if we like, but can't, isn't it my right to whatever? And she'd be like, uh, no, dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dog, no, dog. I love it. Super funny. Yeah. So that's, and also she's just, it's so fun when people like that aren't just good at the one thing they're good at. Yeah. She's such a delightful, hilarious guest that's so good on that show with Scotty and Kurt. So love it. Listen to bananas. Definitely. And then um, I want to talk about our 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 newest podcast. I saw what you did. Oh um, yeah, that episode this week is so great. Millie and Danielle talk about the films Walking and Talking from 1996, and Me Without You from 2001, and they talk about foot cigarettes and getting stuck watching sex scenes with your mom, <laughs> which everyone can relate to. I feel like <laughs> so that's out this week. I saw what you did. Such a great podcast. Please check that out, and then also make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to any of the yeah. podcasts that you love, including us. If you feel like doing that, please do. Yeah. It really hey. just helps every podcast get more recognition and get more listeners, which is a bonus. Yeah. Sometimes if you look at the like iTunes um, top 10 or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't see the podcast that you love, it's because not enough people have written in or rated, reviewed or subscribed. Exactly. So get involved yeah. on a local level. It's funny because I thought this week you were going to pick the Percast because uh, <laughs> they have um, paleontologist and fossil disease specialist Yara Haridi on who has a gorgeous Siamese kitten. I was positive that's yeah. uh, that's what you're going to talk well, look, about. I don't like I don't like competing Siamese. All right. <laughs> Ooh, Stephen, sorry. You're going to have to take oh, a backseat to oh, Elvis. I don't want to no. see the two Siamese cats fight. They, no. I'm sure they would get along. I'm sure they would take a nap together. Oh. Um, and then, okay, another un- fucking announcement. They keep coming week after week. And this one's another biggie. These are the shows we were telling you about in frustration of we've got stuff coming. Hang in there. We whatever. And now, in June. And this is and and it's happening now. And we're so, so excited. So this new podcast that um, you're going to hear the trailer for at the end of this episode, that's the way we do it. So we give you a little um, a taste sensation. It's um, it is a Law and Order SVU recap comedy uh, interview podcast (laughs) called That's Messed Up. I'm so excited for this one. I know. I, ever I know. since this got pitched to us, and it's it start. I heard it first from Kara, one of the hosts, who's a good friend and just a freaking hilarious person. And she pitched it. Yes. And I was like, absolutely, Ab- yeah. whatever you want. Yes. So it's Kara Clank and Lisa Traeger, who are just these two hilarious comedians, longtime comedians, and they're yep. great friends. And every week, uh, they're just going to break down an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. They're going to deep do a deep dive into the real case that inspired the episode and then and they're also this is a and they're also this is the coolest part in my opinion yeah. as a person who truly has listened to every episode of Law and Order SVU yeah I mean watched <laughs> this is not podcasting. I've watched every episode. They're going to have um, guests on every week who are actors from the show. And that's everyone from, for example, like the guest star who plays the cult leader um, or the person that plays a fruit vendor who saw the crime go down, like yeah. just any and then all the way up through till um, big fancy 
celebrity guest stars that are on it all the time. So the show launches on December 8th, obviously on Exactly Right. Um, but then listen to the trailer at the end of this show. And then go make sure and subscribe to That's Messed Up wherever you listen to podcasts. And and then follow them on Twitter at Messed Up Pod and on Instagram at That's Messed Up Pod. Um, please support them. I this is going to be great. I'm so excited. Kara Klink is truly one of my favorite comedians. I've done, um, I've watched her a lot. I've done some shows with her. Um, and she's, but she's also the kind of person like when I would go to say a birthday party mm-hmm. that's at a bar downtown or something like that. And I would always go by myself and then just be like halfway there. I'd be like, just go home, just go home. <laughs> yeah. Like it would be so difficult to even walk in the door. Yeah. If I saw her there, it was just like, boom, that's I've right. got my, I've got my light house i know where i can go she's so funny and fun to talk to but she's also just very real and uh she's just she reminds me of someone i've known all my life i she's the greatest totally totally so yay awesome that's messed up sorry lisa please don't take that as an insult (laughs) i also think you're hilarious yes but I don't know you and I've never because that's the old NYLA comic divide because right. I've never I've never spent time with her because she's a New York comic. Me too. Ditto. But the respect is there. It's absolutely there. And once COVID <laughs> is over, we're going to have a big exactly right party and everyone's <sighs> going to be has to be there or they're going to get fired. And we're also going to give out five golden tickets and candy bars and you can be there. <laughs> and there's going to be fist fights and, and there's, it's going to be held at the Black Angus and fucking Sacktown. Oh, shit. OK, wait. <laughs> I don't I actually don't even know if there is a black Angus in Sacramento. That was just the vibe. I was just like, I love it. It's it, like over on the side of the building where the dumpsters are. That's where the fights <laughs> usually were. That's where the party is. That's where the party's at, yeah. baby. Always. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. 
June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay, um, so we're doing a quilt episode this week. Oh, thank God. Oh, <laughs> let's just say this really quick yeah. before people in the fan cult have learned this bitterly, and we do apologize, but we're almost out of live shows yeah. because of the way time passes <laughs> and the way and how many we've posted and how many we've used yeah. and the fact that we were supposed to start our tour, um, September. I think in May. May. Oh, was it September? September. Yeah, it was supposed to be a fall tour. Remember? Was it? Yeah. It was going to be a big fall tour starting in September or maybe even August if Joe got his way, uh, our touring <laughs> agent. Yeah, it's hilarious and bizarre to us, but this is what we're doing with the with the last of the live shows. Right. Um, but also, if you're in the fan cult, don't you worry, mm -hmm. because we've got plans and schemes um, of things that we are going to start posting on the fan cult that you we're pretty sure you're going to think are better than uh, the live shows. Right. And also, don't forget that in the fan cult, the live shows are in there. You can listen to them anytime you want. That's right. So if it's not join, like you, they're all backlogged in there as well. It's Yeah. There's a whole thing you can get into. Yeah. So. This is what we're doing this week. Um, who goes first this week? I think it's you, right? No. No, Steven? no, it's, it, it's you, Karen. Oh, it's me, Karen. God, what was what happened last week? <laughs> so we're talking to people right now. I'm talking to you, South Carolina. I don't know if you remember in 2018 when me and a little lady named Georgia Hartstark <laughs> came to see you at the North Charleston Performing Arts Center. And this is my story um, from that night. It is the story of old timey, legendary lady female. <laughs> lady female? <laughs> no, I love it. Go with it. Do it. I've lost my mind. Live it. Live it. Love it. <laughs> Learn to levitate. The lady female serial killer, Lavinia Fisher. Yes, this is a good one. My story is also super old. Cool. Um, okay. Because, Charleston, I don't know if you know this about yourselves, but you are the home of purportedly America's first female serial killer. <laughs> Fisher. Let's take it. Let's take it. Oh, oh, shit. She's doing a fucking George Washington. She's fucking chilling like George. What's up, bitches? That's what she's saying. What's, What's up, up, bitches? I'm the first trailblazer. <laughs> I wow. guess that color yellow was kind of popular back then. I guess so. A mustard? Here's what's funny. Steven sent me. So Steven, of course, handling everything always. 
And he finds us, um, like the photos, you know, he does the, like the good searches for he us. Ma- he makes this, because we don't know he, how to. And then he makes that pretty thing. He's so good at computers, <laughs> little Steven. <laughs> um, he sends me this picture, and he goes, they're not sure if this is actually a picture of her, but this is what shows up every time <laughs> you put in Lavinia Fisher. Like, it's not guaranteed that this is her image exactly. It could just be like a cool old cigar ad or something, but... <laughs> Well, don't fuck up our, our correct streak of <laughs> this podcast. Well, she looks, we, we've been so right all, all night. Time. All she night. looks dead-eyed and chill as fuck. So yeah. let's just say it's her. She really does look like she's kind of throwing some hand signals yeah. there, too. She's like trying to explain something to, to someone. Listen, I love to kill multiple people. <laughs> In a short amount of time. It's what I do. Okay. She was born in 1793. Okay. So we're back where you are. Here we are. These might be parallel stories. While people are in the dungeon, she might have been killing people. Okay. There was was nowhere to go in Charleston. (laughs) Um, And that's pretty much, aside from her being born in 1793, that's pretty much... All we know about her for sure. They don't know anything about her early family life, or at least I don't. And, uh, <laughs> my and that's level of basically, research. yeah, that's There's, all that matters. I bet you there is, there is some kind of a history professor in this audience right now who's like, I can tell you a couple things about <laughs> Don't know about her early life or her family or where she was born or her maiden name or really anything at all, but... We told you, nothing. (laughs) Not a thing. One thing is very clear, that she spent uh, most, if not all, of her life and did all of her crimes in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Yeah. So, in 1810, she would have been 17. I'm just trying to do the math in my head of, like, when this is, because literally there aren't years until, like, near the end when she gets arrested. So It's I, like history didn't like women or something. It's weird. It didn't care. It's like female killers weren't as important. Yeah. Um, we can hazard a guess that the following events began sometime around, like, 1810, 1815. Great. Um, they're about rough estimate as the crow flies. All right. So just to talk about America in 1810 and uh, in South Carolina at the time, uh, 40 years after the American Revolution, so actually not, not close to your time. Well, we were after. there. We were just there. You were, we were nearby. Um, so this is baby America. <laughs> Cotton is king in this area. Of course, slavery is legal. Charleston used to be the capital of South Carolina. Early, early days. Oh, you Did guys you pissed. know that? I did. Are you guys mad about that still? <laughs> they moved it up to Columbia because everyone... Okay. Congratulations. Congratulations it... on your win, your big win. That's right. <laughs> Columbia is more central to the state. Mm. So everyone, all those, those lazy legislators were like, can we just... <laughs> can we just be in the middle? We're always going to the coast. Um... So, and that, but that happened in 1786. So, uh, I watched an educational video that was four children from probably 1977. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. 
because it just kept showing like the manor houses. So they talked about how the plantation owners who lived out in the country, obviously, to have their big, huge farms, um, they would come in and build these big, beautiful houses in Charleston. And then there's just all these children dressed in period clothes, but with like 70s hair, who are like walking, looking at the camera and like walking up steps, like, is this how you want me to do it? Or like opening a weird drawer. And the best fucking part is they, they're just trying to explain like how daily life was for rich people uh-huh. back then. And they had, a, oh, this is on knowitall.org. So uh-huh. you too can go and watch this same video and learn, as I did, uh-huh. about your amazing state. It also started with the shape of the state. And then it said SC in it. And I was like, uh, like I've never been taught anything. (laughs) I love to learn. Um, So at one point, they go out on the porch and talk about how the children of the day used to play on a thing called a joggling board. (laughs) What? Are you fucking serious? You guys had to do that too? was in my hotel room cry laughing at the joggling board. I don't know what that is. So we'll tell you what a joggling board is. Tell me. You know how seesaws are like way too fun and scary (laughs) and like do a bunch of shit and you can't trust where they're going to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you took a much thinner piece of wood Uh and put it on your front porch Uh and then maybe put a little thing under this end so it was higher up on one side Uh and then you just stood on it and bounced up and down, (laughs) that's a fucking joggling board. According to this video. It's a super vintage trampoline, is what you're saying. It's it's a trampoline with no risk. It's a seesaw with no fun. It's a a piece of wood. 20 bucks. If we were to try it right now, we'd be like, oh, this is kind of... Oh, my God, I love this. It's a good thigh workout. Oh, my God, it's so good for your lymphatic system. (laughs) (laughs) If I saw a joggling board on an infomercial and they were like, lose weight and drain your lymphatic system, I'd be like, "Uh, $89.99? Yes, I'll have two joggling boards. That's not, and it also sounds like someone was like, some kid was fucking around with this thing, and his mom was like, if you don't tell me what that is right now, I'm going to get mad. And he was like, it's a um, juggling. Like, just made up some dumb thing. What are you kids doing out there? With the juggling? <laughs> I love it. I'm with it. I'm here I, for it. The idea that you cheered for juggling boards. God damn it, Charleston. I love you. That is... It's special. When the remind me when the um, hometown person comes up, we have to be like, "Did you have a joggling board when you were a child? <laughs> what is what is this?" Um, okay, so essentially, Charleston was the big city. People were constantly traveling to it, leaving it for business <laughs> and trade and bartering at the harbor, as we talked about before, um, and uh, whatever else the rest of the video said that I didn't watch, because once the joggling board part came, I was like, I've seen enough, I've learned everything I need to learn today. And this acting sucks. Come on, stop looking into the camera. Um, now you have to think about it, it's 80 years before the first car is built, it's before the first railroad, so there's just, it's like impossible to get anywhere at any time, and so everyone's traveling like by horse or, you know, carriages or whatever Ubers. on these roads. Mm-hmm. I think they had Ubers for uh, carriages? <laughs> nope, it's a taxi, never mind, go on. <laughs> 
I answer my question. <laughs> um, so there were these things back then called highwaymen. And they were basically the dudes that would rob you when you were just like going down the road by yourself on your horse. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> what? Going down. Here's you. Dumb. On a horse. <laughs> dumb. Gun. Oh no. Highwaymen. Give us all your weird leather bags filled with, <laughs> filled with the balloons and tea. Um, okay, so there were there were there were groups of them, like gangs of them and stuff. And there's our a, girl, there's actually a music group called the Highwaymen. Yeah, Did you know that's that? right. With Johnny Cash, right? Mm. Anyways, I figured you guys would know because it's the South, but no. <laughs> uh, so our girl Lavinia Fisher hooks up with a highwayman herself. John Fisher, it wasn't, that's not her maiden name. Fisher is her married name. So we know by the, all the accounts of her, she was very beautiful and she was very charming. Um, and so I like to think she was like a rich girl with a personality disorder. Like she like <laughs> had it all, but she was like, fuck you, mom, I'm not marrying that guy. Yeah. I go out and start robbing people on the road. <laughs> I've had it with this life of luxury. Um, so she could have married a Captain Butterscotch or a Dr. Bramblebones or whoever, whoever her neighbor was or whoever her dad was going to fix her up with. She could have jiggly board for the she rest of her life. She, she could have joggled and joggled for the rest of her life. Yeah. But no, she was like, not enough for me. I would love to pull a gun on someone <laughs> and really live. So she marries John Fisher, the highwayman. And uh, so what we know for sure is they get married. I mean, they, they become active with a gang of highway robbers and um, they don't know exactly if she was doing, if she was actually like holding a gun or a musket or whatever. <laughs> or just Cannon. a long finger and with, an, with a furrowed brow. Um, give me your money. Or if she was just kind of like aiding and abetting. Mm. But essentially she was a part of this gang. And uh, and eventually, and they don't know if they if John and Livinia bought their, because they ended up buying an inn, and it's called the Six Mile Wayfarer House, um, located how many miles away from Charleston? Six miles. Let Georgia answer. Six miles. That's right. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. They helped me cheat. Not to be confused with the five-mile in, which was one mile down the road. I'm not joking. <laughs> they weren't big into names back then. I clearly wasn't paying attention to the name of that place. <laughs> so they don't know if they bought it with their r robbery money or if they just killed the previous owner and took over. Okay, I bet that one. I bet it's number I bet it's two. Number two. Yeah. So they basically take possession of the six-mile wafer house. The Six Mile Inn, essentially. And um, we know that Lavinia had no problem with crime, whether she was just kind of making dinner for everybody or whether she was doing it herself. Um, so here's how they did, here's how they did their crimes. She would go into Charleston and she would lure men back to the Six Mile Inn, uh, inviting them to dinner, possibly drinks. <laughs> um, maybe some nice music. Maybe music, a little chit chat about a news of the day, and probably getting them drunk so that then they would need to stay there to sleep it off. And as they turned in for the night, she would offer them a cup of tea. And uh -uh. yes, what does that remind you of? Poison. Right. <laughs> That's right. What else? The sinner. Oh, the sinner! 
Watch The Sinner, so good. Karen texted me the other night, <laughs> Wednesday night, when The Sinner, is everyone watching it? When The Sinner... It was the final episode. It was the final episode. Season it was two. Season two was the middle of the final episode. We were in our hotel. I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you, she sexed me. Sexed me? <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, are you busy this weekend? Nice save. Nice save. Thank you. <laughs> she essentially said, I can't believe the blank blank did it. And I was like, did you just fucking spoil this for me? I was Now sleeping. I'm going to retell the story of the way it actually happened. <laughs> we talked about watching The Sinner together before we left for the trip. Yes. At the airport. And then all the way up until the thing we always do, which is we're like, let's do a thing. And then we're like, I'm tired. I'm going to stay in bed. Yeah. We're going to order room service. So I assumed, because I was obsessed with, I was like checking the time. I looked it up on the internet to make sure that I was not going to miss it. So I was so on it. And we were texting about something else. And I, t- I did text Careful. you. Don't, don't give a spoiler away. Bloody blood. Simple fact with not a lot of <laughs> words like she just said. <laughs> But it did have one word in it that was key. Mm. And, then, and then I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't care. Is it didn't, it, if it's happening to me, it's happening to you. So I was like, we're watching, <laughs> we're watching The Sinner right now. There's no question in my mind. <laughs> sorry, George. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Let's go to therapy. And talk about <laughs> okay. So bringing it on tea. back. Or tea. The tea. Got it. She gives them tea and it's fucking laced, of course. So these men go up into bed and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of different versions. Of course, this is a lot of legend because it's a very old story. But um, uh, basically here are the several methods that are known of the way that they would rob these men that she brought, lured back to the inn. Um, she would uh, she would give them the tea, they would get like basically high off of it and go to sleep. And then in, in while they were sleeping, they would rob the people, get all their shit off of them so they couldn't fight back. And then once they were done robbing them, they would flip the bed over and the floorboards would separate, open up, and there was a pit underneath the bed that they would dump the body into. And some say the pit had spikes at the bottom. That turned real quick. So yeah. I'm like, take us some tea. You're like, thanks for the lamb chop, Lavinia. I think she likes me. <sighs> Dead. Oh my god. Now, <clears throat> also sometimes they would. She would give them the tea. They would be like, well, I feel crazy. I'm gonna lay down, go to bed, pass out, be high from the tea, and then John would just come in and stab the fuck <gasps> out of them. And then they would flip the bed over, and it would go. The body would go down into the basement. They sound like bad people. I think they weren't good. Yeah. Um, and then they would rob them, of course. Sure, sure. <clears throat> the third way, and of course my favorite, she would drug them, get them up into bed, get into bed with them, and then crush their skulls with her thighs. <laughs> too far. Yes. That's like impossible. Yes. <laughs> Not if you really want it. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> clearly, 
clearly the legend has grown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's almost like, it turns into like, oh, she was the serial killer, to like, yeah, imagine what she would do to you. Imagine, imagine if you were all drugged up. I mean, I'd be cool if it was at least like a fun, like her thighs were. Yeah, there's like a rapper, those women. <laughs> So they do this for a long time, and of course, men are going missing from out of town and from Charleston. And um, but of course, back then it took what eight months to communicate anything in any way. So it's it's all very slow going. Um, and every time they would go to the Six Mile Inn, they they would look. Somebody would say, "This person, this is my husband, this is my son. They've gone missing." And the police would go look into it. They would figure out that the last place the person was seen was at the Six Mile Inn. But they would go to the Six Mile in and Lavinia and her husband John were these cordial, lovely, good-looking, friendly, smart people that would say, oh, yeah, yeah, he left here and tell them some story and there would be no evidence of anything that the person was there. There would be, be no indication that anything bad happened. Uh-huh. So they would all leave um, and they were they were actually friends with a lot of the authorities and the policemen and stuff and they would just smile and shake hands and, and be on their way. Um, and there would be no, no further investigation and be like, well, we simply don't know. Anyway, <laughs> back to the rats. Um, so it goes on long enough that the townsfolk are like, fine, if you're not going to, we know, like, word of mouth, mm-hmm. something crazy is happening up at Six Mile Inn. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite thing about when you're trying to do research and you don't like researching. And <laughs> this is, so the, the townspeople get all, the, they get like a militia together. They all grab their different weapons and pitchforks and stuff like that. And this is in February of 1819. And uh, they go, they decide they're going to head up to the six mile inn. But for some reason, they only make it to the five mile inn. <laughs> that sounds like a joke. I know. I check like three websites and I'm like, I'm not a fucking history professor. <laughs> but for some reason, they don't they don't make it. They're just like they have to stop, whatever. So they decide, the townspeople are like, okay, we're gonna leave. You stay here, a guy named David Ross. You stay here and be a lookout. Dave Ross. Dave Ross. Dave Ross. He's a stand-up comic we know. Um, it's funny to the two of us. That's about it. <laughs> and to Dave Ross when he hears this. Um, Which will be so never. Dave Ross, of course, now I can't not picture uh-huh. a guy in like a built-to-spill t-shirt and a cigarette standing outside this five-mile inn being like, well, fuck, why do I have to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Hipster guy. Yeah. But really funny. Really solid really? jokes. Mm-hmm. Um... So, and also, why leave just one guy? Yeah. It's like, oh, so we're going to go confront the, this gang. Dave, will you take it? Dude, I got it. I got this. <laughs> Don't worry. You guys go back home. So the next day, a couple of the highwaymen that belong to the gang that hung out at the Six Mile Inn walk by and they see Dave Ross hanging out, trying to, <laughs> trying to stand guard. Writing some new jokes for his new set. Yeah. Stand up. He's like... He's like, man, the fucking five mile in. It's no six mile in. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. It's like, I need to work on that. And here come these robbers. And so they grab Dave Ross and beat the shit out of him and drag him back to the six mile in. Like, this guy is here to investigate us. And it's almost like he was only one person yeah. against a gang. Yeah. Weird. 
it's almost like this was kind of the worst plan and they got the worst person to be it's not like you know you picture like if you had a guy that looked like the mountain from Game of Thrones that's the guy you leave at the five mile end to stand guard I don't know that reference oh. go on sorry it's almost like um, the sure guy from yeah. The Sinner. Okay, <laughs> I'm there. Um, okay, so when Dave Ross gets to the six mile in and there's just all these dudes that want to kick the shit out of him and all these highwaymen and bad guys, then he sees Lavinia's face and he tries to appeal to her because he's, oh, a woman's here. She'll be nice. And he tries to appeal to her sensitive side, which of course pisses the fuck out of oh. her. So she chokes him out and <gasps> smashes his head through a window. <laughs> Lavinia, <laughs> chill the fuck well, out. No, equality, equality. Okay, 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 okay. Um, For two, okay. She's like, how dare you think I'm an empathetic? Um, <laughs> so, let's see, what does he do? He somehow escapes. He runs uh, six miles back to Charleston. <laughs> I put that in there. Um, <laughs> And he reports the incident to the authorities. Um, so at around the same time, um, a traveler named John Peoples <laughs> is traveling from Georgia to Charleston. And he stops at the Six Mile Inn, and Lavinia's like, I'm sorry, there's no vacancies, um, but you can have dinner and, of course, a nice cup of tea. And she did this. This is another way that she decided on who to rob and kill. She would just chat with them, obviously, during dinner, and ask them a bunch of questions like, what do you do for a living? How much money do you have in your pocket? Oh my God, that's crazy. And she would just just (laughs) milk them for information and then they would decide um, if that person should stay there so that they could rob and kill them. The entire time, John Fisher is just kind of standing off on the side staring, which is such not not a good plan at all. Yeah. It's the, the husband should go for the, I mean, if you need, if you need to do this now and you may, (laughs) um, for this plan, so, so this guy, John Peoples, is getting the weird... He's like, this is the weirdest fucking place I've ever come oh, to. Uh-huh. Um, and as he's answering these questions and John's staring at him, he's like, this vibe is odd. When she gives him the tea, just by, by, by chance, he doesn't like tea. So when she's not looking, he dumps it at her <gasps> in a potted plant. Did they have potted plants back then? <laughs> a spittoon, maybe, of some kind? Or Love um, it. Love onto it. a poor person. Um, <laughs> whatever they did back then. <laughs> so then suddenly, Lavinia's like, after she sees the tea's gone, she's like, oh my god, we do have a vacancy. Come right this way. Uh-oh. And she brings him up to the room. So um, he, once he's in the room, he's thinking about it, and he's like, they're shaking me down. Mm. This is not uh-huh. good. So instead of getting into the bed and going to sleep, he sleeps with, uh, by the door in a chair. So he basically can stay awake and like he's nervous. Okay. And in the middle of the night, the bed he hear, he wakes up to this loud crashing sound and the bed has disappeared. <gasps> so he walks over and looks down and sees that the trap door is open and wait, they would drop the whole fucking bed into the trap door. Well, th- that's the way this was worded from uh, you know Wicca fuckingpedia. So. <laughs> Let's we go with it. No, let's go know. with it. I like the idea that they had all different rooms, and the bed could do all kinds of things yeah. in the room. <laughs> or they just like had uh, extra beds in the back, and like they would just like go through beds every night because they would all drop through the. Maybe Lavinia was like an heiress to a bed fortune. Oh, she's just like, I'll get another bed from my dad, assholes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Either way, he fucking sees the pit, he sees the whole deal, jumps out the window, gets on his horse, goes back to Charleston, is like, hello, I need to talk to the authorities. Um, they're like, sorry, we're talking to Dave Ross right now. <laughs> We can get in line. Yeah. Um, we got all these rats to deal with. <laughs> He's trying to do a set. Um, so. Uh, oh, oh my gosh. They. Uh, the police finally go and they have like a real reason to investigate the six mile in and they start investigating the rooms. Oh, this, I, I picked this up too early. Um, and when they're there, of course, they discover um, dozens of travelers' belongings. Mm. These missing people, all the belongings are there. Driver's license. Key <laughs> <laughs> rings. Um, they find an herb that could um, like knock you out for as long as need be. Like, it's all the evidence is piling up. Then they find hidden passages, Ooh. and then uh, they find a, the mechanism that triggers the trapdoor in the floorboards under the bed. Dude. And then they go into the basement mm. where they find hundreds of sets of human remains. <gasps> they just, oh my god! So they just basically just dumped them all down there, kind of like your dungeon. Just like just leave them there. I guess it's like if it already if life already smells really bad in general. Yeah, they're not going to notice the f- smell. No. Yeah, it's like, no, we shit in, like, the, <laughs> the corner. Hole. Yes. <laughs> in a bucket in the corner. <laughs> so, we're, it's cool. So just don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the Fishers are arrested, of course. They plead not guilty. The judge orders them to remain in Old Charleston Jail until the trial. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Ooh. There it is. Still standing to this day, right? <laughs> apartments? Are they apartments? I would live there. <laughs> The old Charleston jail lofts. <laughs> it's an open floor Dude. plan filled with ghosts. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it gorgeous? It, I honestly would fucking live there. There's offices? <laughs> she said, there's an office! And then went, woo! Like, cheered for herself. <laughs> I got one in! <laughs> you did. Great job. Mm. On September 13th, 1819, uh... Lavinia and John try to escape by the old classic tying all the sheets together in a sheet ladder. When has that ever worked? I mean, it doesn't work here. John gets out, but the sheet chain breaks before Lavinia can get down. Yeah, dude, it's fucking Scooby-Doo shit. No. (laughs) It's not going to work. He's like, when you get down here, I have a huge sandwich that no one could ever eat. (laughs) And a talking dog. Um, But here's the thing. About John, he doesn't leave her. He fucking allows himself to get recaptured and try to take the heat off of her. Are you crying? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't cry. Not at all. Uh, Um, No, but that's very sweet. I think it's beautiful. They both are found guilty of robbery. Which at the time is a hangable offense. Sure. It's just basically how they took care of business back then across the board. Um, They also got murder. um, Okay, good. I was hoping that one would stick too. Once you get hanging, it's all gravy. Right. Um, They're sentenced to be hung in the old gallows behind the old Charleston jail. Till they die. Till they die. Yeah. February 18th, 1820, John accepts his fate and he only pleads to the priest to save his soul, not Lavinia. 
Lavinia fucking, she's pissed. <laughs> In court, she says, I can't be hung, I'm a wife. And so the judge goes, okay, well then we'll just hang your husband first. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a rap battle. That like an early real. fucking insult battle. Oh, you think you have a solution? Yeah. Watch my mind at work. Yeah. Uh, so then the next trick she had up her sleeve was she walked out uh, to get hung in her wedding dress. Oh. Because she believed that if people, if somebody in the crowd, because as you're saying, it's like people love to show up for hanging. Sure. That was like the thing to do. Sure. Um, that was like <laughs> Shakespeare in the park for these people. <laughs> um, so she figured she would look beautiful in her wedding dress and maybe a man would want to marry her real quick and you can't hang a bride. Um, doesn't work. No one's into her. No one thinks she's hot. Because also you gotta think about like, I'm thinking of like a, a Vera Wang. There's like bling, as they say, and, and poofy sleeves. No, right. this is just like fucking white rags. Yeah. Whitish rags. It's several white rags sewn together. Exactly. That she um, tried to escape with and it didn't work. <laughs> she makes a wedding dress out of tied up Scooby-Doo sheets. <laughs> Anybody want to save me? Um, so, of course, it doesn't work. Um, then she refuses to walk, so they have to drag, drag this poor murderous bride across the uh, gallows. And with the noose around her neck, she rants and raves while all the Charleston socialites listen to her scream these words. <gasps> if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. <laughs> the most badass fucking thing yes. I've ever and just screaming to like the real housewives of the 1800s they're all like spinning their umbrellas what the fuck did she just say to us she looked right at me holy shit she wasn't just the fir- America's first female serial killer she was also the first bridezilla <laughs> thank you I just thought of that That's, right now that was so amazing not not written on this page. That was amazing. Um, then, oh, oh wait, final, <laughs> final move, which actually makes me love her 100%. She fucking jumps off the scaffold. <gasps> she fucking did it herself. Oh my God. Because she probably died quicker, right? I don't know, but I love that fucking idea. Like the guy's sitting there waiting to like drop the floor out from under her, which is her move. And instead she's like, the Love you, Lavinia. She's like, uh, hold my beer. I got it. <laughs> She's like, watch this. This is, oh my god, watch this. This is gonna be nuts. And then shows her wedding dress. The resident. <laughs> Residents uh, say that Lavinia still haunts the old jail. She does. Um, They say that her ghost has been seen in the cells walking around and wearing her wedding dress. It has, for sure. Amazing. Uh, And that's the story of Charleston's Lavinia. That was a journey. That was amazing. 
I'm so thankful I went first, because how the fuck would I follow that shit up with a fucking dungeon story? If you have a message from hell. <laughs> I mean, for hell. <laughs> That's such a great idea. What if someone in the back is like, oh, I'd like to tell my asshole uncle to fuck off. <laughs> she jumped off the scaffold. She didn't mean she was going to take my message. <laughs> little pieces of paper handed over to her. I really oh, hate God, really? I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Wow, Karen, as the applause said, great job with that one. <laughs> are you are you seconding the the applause? Wow, I double down on that applause, Karen. <laughs> thank you and thank you 2018 applause. Yeah. It's I feel like it was yesterday. I wish I could go um, back on that stage and warn everyone about guys, what's coming. 
Distance. <laughs> okay, so mine actually is timely. It's uh, I, it's a Thanksgiving Day killing. So it's perfect timing. Next week is Thanksgiving and uh, you don't have to see your family. Congratulations. Yeah, you so. an automatic get out of a family function. For That's, free, yeah. Come on. It's like, have you asked for a bigger gift ever and gotten it? I mean, no. Just party, 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 party. <laughs> okay, this story's from... Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of our favorite fucking towns. Hell yeah. Um, it's, it, we, we did a show on May 19th, 2019 at the Northrop Auditorium. Mm. Beautiful place. And so this is the crazy story of murderer Byron David Smith and the Thanksgiving Day killings. Oh, shit. Can we get security? Security. That away? Just like, just hanging out, you know? It's almost like with like Lincoln, there should have been like some security, some light <laughs> security at the door. You know, it's easy to judge now in That's modern true. times, That's but true. back then all they had were lanterns and hope. <laughs> lice, don't forget lice. Oh, and don't forget those bed bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I recently read an article that bed bugs survived uh, the the um, asteroid that. <gasps> That killed all the dinosaurs. That's pretty awesome. Bed bugs lived. That's cool. Roaches. Was it roaches or bed bugs? It was bed bugs in the article I read. Okay. But well, we can definitely talk about roaches because that's just as gross as bed bugs or barf. I have to. Have you ever had bed bugs? No. no. I have to say that like five and a half months of traveling and we haven't had a single scare. I think is like I think I'm waiting every fucking time I get home to start itching. Oh, <laughs> and it just I've never hasn't even thought of that. Well, I think about. I'll tell you all the fucking things. Okay, I worry great, about great, someday. great. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get rid of all of it it's tonight. It's fun being up in here. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let me tell you, about 100 miles outside of Minneapolis in Morrison County is a small town of Little Falls. Oh, not so small. No, they're all here tonight. Small. Small but mighty Little yeah, Falls. That's right. It's one of the oldest European-American cities in Minnesota. The river town, that's a river town, and the slogan is, where the Mississippi pauses. Oh. How? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they built a dam. I don't know. No. It's just like, it's like idyllic as okay. fuck and like everyone loves it. Okay. It's chill. I don't know if that's true. Um, it's but the it's, feeling you're getting. Yeah. It's idyllic, um, but not so in 2012 for 64-year-old Little Falls resident Byron David Smith. Yeah. He is a local curmudgeon. I called him. Is he a real crumb? He's a real crumb. Tell them, <laughs> tell them why he, that's funny. We had a. <laughs> this is just going to be a series of sidebars Guys, until we apology. We all stumble out of here in two hours. Whisper to your drag along. It's usually better than this. <laughs> we got um, it. Uh, in Milwaukee, uh, we had a woman come up named Stacy who was the home who told her hometown, and she was amazing. And at one point, while she was describing the terrible uh, murder. I think by hand of a husband killing his wife uh, and she told some really specific and terrible detail and the whole audience went ooh and she goes I know he's a real crumb <laughs> Karen lost her I shit. had a full on nervous breakdown it was so inappropriate <sighs> so he was yes he was a real crumb he was a real crumb um 
so he lives in a home in a secluded area near the Mississippi River um, and on a bunch of acres of land and shit. And he's fed up at this point in 2012 of his house being broken into. Let me show you a picture of him. Okay. He sucks. Okay. There he is. All right. Right. Yeah. So... Um, so it had been going on for about a year, these break-ins, and first was someone breaking into his garage, and they, like, had smashed stuff and, like, tipped things over and um, stolen some things, and like his old military clothing, and by late 2012, his house had been burglarized at least half a dozen times over the preceding few months. Wow. And he had only reported one of those burglaries to police, and investigators found evidence of only two previous burglaries. But among the items stolen were $4,000 in cash, his father's POW watch, and some of his medals from Vietnam. Wow. Coins from his collection worth around $5,000 and a bunch of other shit. And they had also stolen his guns, which he said had scared him. um, Because now they have his guns. So, uh, oh, he's not scared of his own guns? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I leave Uh, them in a room by themselves because I don't want (laughs) to be near them. And now someone else has them. Right. And that's when trouble starts. Yeah. Um, when, uh, so then a friend of his, uh, who was a neighbor, saw a local um, teenage girl walking to the bus stop wearing his army jacket that he knew was his. And so he's fucking pissed off. Cause, so, because he, Byron Smith had been trained, a trained security engineer for the U.S. State Department. So security was his fucking thing. He was in charge of, sec- it clearly wasn't. Right. <laughs> That's correct. He didn't bring his work home with him in any way, apparently. Um, he had gone to embassies all over the world and had been in, in charge of like making sure their embassies were secure uh, until 2006 in his retirement when he moved back home to the house with his mother, and then his mother had died about a year before. So I'm sure, I wrote, I'm sure his ego was kicked in the dick when he found out a teenage girl was breaking into his home. Well, yeah. It doesn't feel good. Um, but we're like, we're teenage girls are wily bunches. They're fucking, you know? they're scrappy as That's fuck. Right. So he began wearing a holster with a loaded gun inside his house and installed a security system in his home as well. So now we get to Thanksgiving Day 2012. Um, Smith had been uh, visiting with his neighbors when he saw a car that he thought was casing his home. He then commented to the neighbors that he was visiting that he needed to get ready for her and went to his home to prepare himself for a break-in. First, he drove his vehicle down the road out of the um, the parking, his, you know, driveway, they call him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he drives his vehicle off his driveway and down the street, parking in front of a neighbor's home, so it looked like no one was home in his house. Then, uh, he went back to his house, he removed light bulbs from the ceiling light so it was dark, and he positioned a comfortable chair, it's a fucking lazy boy, let's be honest. <laughs> In the basement, so that it would be obscured from the view of someone walking down the basement stairs. So here's, so that's his fucking recliner. Okay. Um, between those two bookcases, and then, and then, so see that bookcase on the right? Yeah. In between the, that bookcase and the other one is where his recliner is. So the person walking downstairs wouldn't see him. Wouldn't know someone's sitting there. Exactly. And there's a Tiffany lamp, and you know, <laughs> shit like that. He still has exquisite taste. <laughs> Even though he's a super creep. Yeah. Okay. So he also loads two guns, a revival, nope, a revolver and a rifle, which if you put them together would be called would a, be revival. A, a revival. So, a revival. 
I'm not wrong. I just invented a new fucking gun. Yeah, don't be Sorry. so intimidated by her brain. <laughs> yeah, Steven, trademark that. <laughs> that, was, that was the best I've ever done. Um, okay. He, and at the bottom of the stairs, he sets down a tarp. Uh, so that if he shoots anyone, he can wrap the body in at the bottom of the stairs. So he's he's prepping. He's taking he is taking the law into his own hands. Okay. Um, he settles into his reading chair with water, snacks, and a novel, and waits for someone to break in. What book by Jackie Collins <laughs> do you think he was reading? I tried to find out what book he was reading. Did you? And I was like, that's not important, Georgia. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Georgia, it's 5.56. You have to finish this. <laughs> yeah. It turns out your show starts at 7 and not 8, and you didn't know that. Get your shit together. Get it together. Um, okay. So later that day, uh, he's sitting in his chair watching his video surveillance footage from outside the house that he could set up all these video cameras. And he, I have to say, go ahead. It's just that it is a fun thing to do. Have you ever watched <laughs> when people have security cameras and you can just watch innocent people who don't know they're on camera? Oh. No. Just walking around. My friend had an apartment where one of the channels on the TV was no. the front door, like closed circuit television. Is that legal? I, it was in 1995. <laughs> And so we would literally sit around his apartment drinking beer and watching the front door. (laughs) And we did it one time and we were all shit-faced and some of our friends started leaving. It was Blanca Patch and Laura Milliken. And they walked out and walked up and thrown to the camera and then Blaine started strangling (laughs) Laura. Like It was like a little silent TV show play of a murder. Yeah, but what if someone else in the building was watching that too? Right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. The best. I bet that was, that's like such a stoner thing to do. It's yeah, just like you. sit yeah. and watch that. Thank it was you. 95. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. All right. Settles into his fucking asshole chair. Okay. okay. So he's watching his chair. Nope. He's sitting in his chair. Mm-hmm. He's watching the surveillance video. Which One of the cameras could have been pointed toward that chair. That's true. Um, and you can see all this. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can see this video of surveillance on all these fucking shows. Um, and it captures a 17-year-old Nick Brady casing the property before he breaks a window and sneaks in. So downstairs, um, Smith hears the window break and proceeds to wait in silence for 12 minutes as Nick begins to, d- and like, looks around in the house, and then he starts to go downstairs. Like, in those 12 minutes, he could have called the cops. He had a phone right next to him and said, someone's breaking into my house. He could have done all of that. He doesn't. He waits in silence with well, a Well, because gun. at this point, they've been fucking with the wrong person, essentially, and he's pissed. Yeah. And he has he's been paranoid. It's, into, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a bad combination. It's like the perfect storm. Right, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want the cops to be there. Otherwise, he would have no, called he, them. Yeah, he yeah. wants to take care of business. So, 12 minutes after he breaks in, Nick begins to descend the stairs into the basement. And as soon as, um, as Byron Smith, in his chair, sees Nick's, uh, like, legs and hip, he shoots him twice. And Nick falls to the bottom of the stairs onto that tarp that he had set up and shoots him again in the head point blank. Whoa. It's fucked up. Um, then he wraps Nick's body in a tarp and drags him into the other room. And he, there's like blood and, you know, stuff on the carpet. And so he takes a rug and covers it, which is like, you know, he does it so that when someone else comes in, they won't see that that's had, have, have happened and won't run. They'll come downstairs. Yeah. Which is insane. It's like a trap, right? Yes. So... 
Da, 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 da. He washes his hands, some time goes by, and then he runs back to his chair and reloads his weapon and takes up his previous um, position in the obscured chair. And this is because, the reason he goes back to his chair is because not long after he had killed Nick, um, he had spotted Nick's 18-year-old cousin, Haley Kiefer. Um, she was a senior at Little Falls High School, and she had been sitting in the car waiting for her cousin, Nick. She knew he was breaking in, and she had just been waiting in the car for him. Um, they were very close, the cousins, Nick and Haley. They were more like siblings than cousins. And in the show, Hear No Evil on Discovery ID, which is so brilliantly named, it's just you know, murders that have sound things in them. What do you mean? Hear No Evil, like recordings. Oh. Get it? <laughs> Yeah, now I do. Because I, I explained it so well, I'm surprised you didn't get it on the <laughs> Well, because uh, so many things have sound things in them <laughs> that I just was trying to figure out. Name one. <laughs> <laughs> I got aggressive. Well, you're right. You. Nothing. You're right. Yeah. I can't think of one thing. I told you. <laughs> Okay, so she had been, she is, had been waiting in the fucking car for her cousin to come back. He's like, I'm gonna run in. Um, and they, oh, so on, on Hear No Evil on Discovery ID, um, the grandfather says that, um, that they, he acknowledges that they did some, what he calls bonehead things, but they were, uh, like good kids. So they were 17 and 18 year old bored teens in this small town, and they were doing some shit. It's like not fucking argued that they, you know, we're on a bad path, but they were so young, you know? Yeah. So, um, they had stopped so that Nick could break into Byron's house before they, the two of them were to head to the family's house for Thanksgiving dinner. Right. So when Nick doesn't come out, um, Haley is like, what the fuck happened? She, she goes into the house, uh, and, and tries to find Nick. So, um, she's calling her cousin's name and, uh, she makes her way down the basement stairs and Smith shoots her. She's wounded. She falls to this, down the stairs, and um, Smith shoots her multiple times, and uh, including in her left eye. And he, yeah, he kills her. And then he tosses her body on top of her cousin's, uh, killing, shooting her one more time and killing her. Mm. Like this was his plan. He leaves the teens' bodies in the basement workroom until the following day. He leaves them there, and then he calls a neighbor and asks for help finding a lawyer. He doesn't call the cops. He calls his neighbor. Mm. Uh, the neighbor calls police because <laughs> they're normal. That's what you do. It's a basic thing. <laughs> when police ask Smith why he waited until the next day to notify police of the shootings, he says he didn't want to bother the police on Thanksgiving. He said, if my Thanksgiving was ruined, doesn't mean yours needs to be as well. How big of you. I know. <laughs> so... Smith is brought in for interrogation, and you can like watch these videos and shit. And actually, Hear No Evil does a really good job of reenactments with the actual uh, video, nope, recorded stuff. The audio? You know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. So he calmly and politely cooperates with police and describes to them, like monotone, like he's having a conversation about what he had for fucking lunch. He describes to them the events that led up to the murders and matter-of-factly describes the shootings in chilling detail. He tells authorities that he finished off Haley with a shot under her chin with a, because a, um, with a, 
wait, wait, with the uh, shotgun because a 22 caliber, quote, doesn't go through bone very well. He's explaining it like he went deer hunting or something. And he says that Haley, he, after she fell down the stairs when she got shot the first time, he had tried to shoot her with the shotgun again, but it had um, misfire or like it wouldn't shoot. What do they call that? It jammed. Thank you. Um, and then he says that she laughed at him when he did that. And so he said, quote, if you're trying to shoot someone and they laugh at you, you go again. But here's the thing. Before settling into his recliner in the basement, Byron Smith had set up a digital recorder, and there were at least six hours of audio of the entire event. Oh, my God. Yeah. So when investigators listen, they find no record of Haley laughing, only her cries of fear. And you can find this pretty easily, and I recommend that you don't. <laughs> it's really fucking troubling. Um, and uh, she, after she shot the first time, she's heard on the recording screaming, I'm sorry, and oh my God. And he calls her a bitch and shoots her again and kills her. It's horrific. I Yeah. So... Um, and there are in other inconsistencies to Byron's claims of self-defense and fear. He said that he had done it because he was so scared someone was breaking his house, but it doesn't add up. Prior to the break-in, he's heard talking to himself on that recording, saying stuff like, in your left eye, which he had sh later shot Haley in her left eye, and, quote, I realize I don't have an appointment, but I would like to see one of the lawyers here. And it sounds like he's on the phone trying to get a lawyer. When they look at his uh, phone records, he hasn't made any calls. He's just practicing saying that oh. the next day, knowing that he's doing something that is going to need to involve a lawyer. Here's the thing. Okay. If you had six hours recorded of somebody at their house walking around talking by itself, a non-murderer, just a person, yeah. it would be the creepiest thing you've ever heard. Oh my God. You don't want to know what people are saying and practicing no. and fucking ranting about oh and like, God. it's me yelling at my eyebrows as I pluck <laughs> them and shit and then, and then practicing. I'm like, oh really? Because I actually didn't say that. And, and the thing is that you said it first and I said it after you. Yeah. There's that, all that. Is that against me? <laughs> we, we don't know. <laughs> it really could be anybody. There's no proof. No. There's no proof of anything. So the idea that then this is fucking audio recording of yeah. a person who is cold-bloodedly planning murder. Right. Is but it's so weird that he he knows it's on. He's the one who recorded it in a way that was like, all sh like he did it so that he could prove that it was self-defense because it's in his fucking mind, that's what that was, he was doing. Right. Um, so, ooh, 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 ooh. okay, so following the shootings, Smith made a number of other statements, including, quote, I'm not a bleeding heart liberal. I felt like I was cleaning up a mess. I was doing my civic duty. This is all him talking to himself. Yeah. If the, and if the law enforcement system couldn't handle it, I had to do it, and I had to clean it up. And then he said, it's all fun, cool, exciting, and highly profitable until someone kills you. Like, he's talking shit to these fucking teens that he just killed. Don't listen, but listen if you're into that, but don't. It's terrible. You shouldn't listen. I will not ever. I don't want to listen now. <laughs> um, so Smith's recorded statements the and the evidence indicating he had planned the shootings, as, along with the excessive number of shots fired, led to Smith being indicted on two counts of first-degree murder on in April 2013. Great. Yes. He posts the $50,000 bail, and while on bail, lives with his neighbor and her 16-year-old son. Which I'm like, Mom, don't do that. Please, Mom. Mom, can we not? Are they sharing a bunk bed? Like, what's <laughs> happening? And why? And why? 
The charges against Byron Smith sparked this huge debate um, in the in the county and in the state over what's called the Castle Doctrine. So y'all love guns here, I guess. We're from fucking California, and we don't do that. No, great. No, no, I mean like hunting. I don't mean like you guys are. You know what I mean? We're gonna sink it. I swear to God, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Yeah. Just wait. Well, I read a, the reason I say that is because I, I was, of course, looking it up on our email uh, account and seeing if anyone had wrote in about this, and someone was from there and explaining what it was like there and said, for example, when we had raffles at school, we'd raffle off shotguns. Like, that was just <laughs> a thing. And he's like, I didn't know that was weird until I got older. Okay. Yeah, but also when you're from, like, I'm from a rural part right. of Northern California, and everybody had a gun. You right. got, boys got guns for their, like, 12th birthdays. Yeah. It's very common. Yeah. And they're, like, shotguns and, you know, stuff like that. Not, right. you know, not handguns. Right. It's a, yeah, it's a different thing. Yes. Agreed. From Southern California. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Irvine. Irvine. Um, okay. So the Castle Doctrine allows a homeowner to defend his home with lethal, lethal force. But Minnesota has what's known as a reasonable person doctrine. So basically. Thank you. I know. <laughs> so nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Can we have that fucking worldwide? How about a nationwide fucking reasonable person really? doctrine? Really? It's basically would a reasonable person view what he has he had done uh, to defend himself and his home, um, or what would a reasonable person do in the situation when someone's breaking into their home? So, legal uh, analysis analysts have stated that analysts analysts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Of course, it's like analyzed all, all crazy all over the place. And uh, <laughs> they state that the initial shooting most likely would have been justified under Minnesota's laws, but that the subsequent shots were not justified once any threat had been removed. So once he realized they didn't have weapons and they didn't have, you know, a gun, which is they didn't have anything on them, um, that that threat had been removed. So um, Hamline University School of Law professor... Wow. The fighting. You the have to do it. D- have we already done the fighting briefcases? Nope, but there it <laughs> is. Probably. Isn't that what a law school mascot should be? <laughs> um, the law professor Joseph Olson says, uh, quote, I think the first shot is justified after the person is no longer a threat because they're seriously wounded, the application of self-defense is over. And Sheriff Wetzel from um, there said that the law doesn't permit you to execute somebody once a threat is gone. And at trial, the prosecution alleges that Smith's actions showed aspects of lying in wait, and especially like moving his car so that they didn't think anyone was home. Lying in wait and compared Smith's setup to a deer stand a hunter would use. That's what it made me think of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the jury also learned a little bit about Smith's background, including that he served in the military and he was trained in surveillance. So he, you know, was doing what had been his job, only it was with teenagers. Um, the trial lasts 17 months, during which it was debated whether Byron Smith, Smith acted in self-defense or killed two teenage intruders in cold blood. And on April 29th, 2014, the jury deliberated for three hours before convicting Smith on two counts each of first-degree murder and second-degree murder with premeditation. That's right. He was immediately sentenced, so he didn't get to spend another night with a 16-year-old in the bunk bed. (laughs) Thank God. Immediately sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Wow. 
Yay. Byron Smith's own audio recordings were named by the jurors as the biggest influence on their decision, which is so cocky of him that he thought it would show that he, you know, exonerate him, right? Like he had no fucking understanding of just humane treatment of people that he thought that this would show that he, they deserved it somehow. Right. So they said that that was the biggest influence. Um, and one of the 12 jurors said that, quote, the audio recordings pretty much convinced me that we were dealing with a deranged individual. Mm-hmm. Some of the jurors later said that they believe Smith had waited a full day before reporting the shootings because he had wanted to see whether other burglars would show up, which makes sense. He even unscrewed other light bulbs from fixtures as night fell so that any new intruders wouldn't be able to see in his basement, almost like he was trying to get them more to come. After the verdicts, Morrison County Sheriff uh, Michael Wetzel said, quote, this isn't a case about whether you have the right to protect yourself in your home. You very clearly do. That's a given. Rather, this is a case about where the limits are before and after a threat to you or your home occurs. So, uh, yeah, which is really cool that the sheriff said that, I think. So more than 500 people attended the funeral of Haley and Nick. Friends described Haley Kiefer as a kind girl. She was a competitive athlete. She was into gym, gymnastics, diving, softball, and cross country. Um, Nick, friends said, was outgoing and always seemed to be smiling. There's like so many photos of him smiling. He worked alongside his father at his uh, tree trimming business. And, um, you know, they, they were... Kids like we were when we were young, which is just trying to, you know, have fun and making some big mistakes that eventually you, you straighten out. Right. Um, in 2016, Smith's attorney sought a new trial, but the Minnesota Supreme Court ruled that the murder conviction stood. And the justices also ruled um, that they ordered the Kiefer, uh, sorry, Kiefer and Brady families be paid more than $19,000 to cover the cost of the children's headstones. <sighs> and that is the story of the murder of uh, Haley and Nick. Yeah. Wow. That's fucking heavy as shit. Oh my God, Georgia. Right? What a dick. What a tale. Yeah. It's really sad. What a Thanksgiving tale. That one has stuck with me since I did it. Um, so what's our hometown? Oh, so, well, the hometown is from the show that you just threw to. Right. So basically, clearly, I'm the one that shit the bed during that show. Because <laughs> <laughs> we would have played the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I must have. Karen, that is toxic <laughs> shame. And I refuse to let you continue. Oh, that narrative. Steven, doesn't, Steven doesn't like my work because he thought we shouldn't use my story in that one. No, maybe no, no. The, maybe, maybe the. Yeah. No, no, no. It could, any number of things could have happened. And sometimes, um, uh, sometimes what it is is like, oh, Stephen's like, guys, the recording started halfway right, through. Right. There's like things like that. It is not, a, it's not always, yeah. um, it, it's fault. not always our call. There's <laughs> over the hundreds and hundreds of live shows right. we've done, or at least a couple hundred. Yeah. Let's say there's I'm, been a couple technical difficulties right. here and there. That's right. So, um, but this hometown is, it is, we're going back to Minneapolis and it basically is the way, uh, we wrapped up the show. That means that if this hometown isn't fucking a Amazing. Oh, we're going to be mad at you. No. So much pressure. No pressure. Vince. It needs to be. This tour's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man that made this tour happen, Vince no. Averill, everybody. Thank you. He's kept us honest. 
We're all doing our best. <laughs> He's kept us on time. Yep. So let's fucking do this hometown and hit the bricks. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Vince. All right. Um, okay, we'll just tell you the rules. You know them, but I'm going to go over them quickly. Let us end on a high note. <laughs> tell us a real good story that's from here. We would love for it to be Minneapolis or St. Paul or somewhere close by, definitely within the state. Don't bring that other outer state bullshit around. We don't want to hear it. Everyone will hate your guts. Mm-hmm. Um, it need, you need to know it. You need to be able to tell it quickly and concisely. Um, and it should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Not just this story tonight, but any story <laughs> you ever tell anyone. It's very important. Yeah. Don't point at anyone if you don't know their story, because I will blame you. That's right. It sucks. Um, and now if, as a group, you could decide amongst yourself yeah. who has the best story. Pick someone. And then let you're, the person with the best story stand. If you're a teacher, raise both your hands. Oh, <laughs> God. Do you want to pick the last one? <laughs> what? Do you want to pick the last one? No, I think you've been on a roll. You do, you do so a great scared. job of it. Okay, with pink hair. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. It's like the price is right. Go that way. Go that way. (laughs) Oh, no. Come on down. Hi, you guys. Are you all right? I don't understand how you are hanging up there. It makes no sense. Gravity. From this angle, it looks incredibly dangerous. (laughs) Siri. Hi, Siri. It's Siri, everybody. Nice to meet you, Siri. Come over here. Which, uh, where are you from? I'm from Egan, Minnesota. Suburb. Okay. Suburb, she said. Yeah. Um, what's your hometown? Okay, my hometown murder is the attempted murder of my grandfather, Eldon Underdahl. <gasps> so, this is Heartland, Minnesota, 1970, about an hour and a half south of here, close to Albert Lee. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's 1970 summer. My grandfather is, like, the pastor in town. So he performs... He's a pastor? Yes. Okay. Was. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, So he, like, performs all the marriage ceremonies, you know, in town, because small town. And so there's this couple that is to be married soon. Um, Small town, everybody knows them. There's this weird man in town who is secretly obsessed with and in love with the woman in this couple. This man is Paul R. Bangstrom. And he decides he's going to kill my grandpa to prevent the the ceremony from happening. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Very bad logic. That yeah, yeah. I think that it would, like, pause it, but I think yeah. it's maybe it's a very bad plan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so one night, he drives by my grandfather's house and shoots four bullets into the house. <gasps> one goes into my... Um, dad and uncle's room like could have hit one of them I could like not exist you know um, heavy yeah yeah um but like no one dies they like wake up they're like like what is that how old are they um like kids are ranging from like nine to 14 oh wow. at this point yeah and so they're like what's going on and the um my grandparents are like just go to bed we'll take care of it um <laughs> Go back to bed in the room that just got yeah, shot at. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but like the man, Paul Bengstrom, he just drives to the police department and like confesses and turns himself in. 
And so, I mean, he gave up pretty quick, but... (laughs) (laughs) It is nice. Yeah, Yeah. nice of him. It is. But, um, so, no one in my family got killed, but um, his mother, who he lived with, he shot and murdered her shortly before driving to my grandfather's (gasps) house. Oh, no. Yeah, so, like, the threat is super real. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 1970s, be warned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he went to... And so, yeah, it was super hard to find any information about this, but there was, like, a few articles talking about, like, he was getting convicted of, like, attempted murder and, like, second-degree murder, and according to my uncle, he went to prison. So, there you go. (laughs) Perfection. Amazing. Yeah. everyone. Great job. Fucking killed it. Amazing. Really good. Great job, darling. Yes, nice. Great job. Good job. Thanks. Oh my God, magical. Thank you. Thanks for participating. You know, right now we should thank everybody that used to come to our live shows, make a poster, stand up, mm-hmm. have lit lit up necklaces and flashlights yeah. and scream, scream to the point where they were threatening us. <laughs> point to at their try friend. to get picked. Point, point, at, point at their, at their friend, friend that they want to get picked. Point at random strangers. <laughs> We're sorry you never got picked. Yeah. You'll get a chance. Yeah. Looking like around 2023. <laughs> Cannot wait. That's right. We should do a tour where we just require every audience member to get on stage and tell us any story at all. Well, what and the whole we don't show, have to do anything. The whole show, the whole 90 minutes is just hometown. We don't even have to do homework anymore. It's just hometown yes, after hometown. That's the pitch. After hometown. We, we sit on stage. We pass the mic. Yeah. And we're just like, you no, tell us you don't. a fucking story. Yeah. And then we'll decide. And then I'll heckle you while you're talking. Again. Oh, get me a wine. Oh, I guess I'm drinking wine by 2023. Again. You know what? Who knows what could happen? Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully. God willing. Uh, can I just tell you this? It's popped into my head. Yeah. Um, so Vince Averill, America's husband, hipped mm-hmm. me the last time I saw you guys. Hipped me to using a an app where someone goes grocery shopping for me. Oh yeah. I never, I'd never used it. And then in the beginning of quarantine, people were kind of trying to, it sounded like people were saying it, they were, it was wrong to use them. Okay. Uh, was the feeling I got. Yeah. Uh, or just like, you know, whatever. So, yeah. And Vince, so when I brought that up to Vince, he goes, yeah, just give him a big tip. And then they, <laughs> they're already doing it. Yeah. And then you're saying thank you and you're fine. And I'm like, I, I really need to talk to you more often. So um, today I, I ordered it. And at yes. one point the, the guy had to text me and go, hey, sorry, they're all out of Haribo sour spaghetti um, gummies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's fine. Just take it oh, off. Oh, no. Like I had the conversation and he, he, no joke. He was like, they have these. And he kept telling me <sighs> other gummies that they had. Just and humil- humiliating you after humiliation. Hi, Elvis, come here. It's almost, it was almost like, it was almost like bullying, but he was trying to do his job the best he could. Where And I truly was like, it's for the best. At one point, I text him, it's for the best. It, please take it off. It's for the best. It's not I helping don't need... me or you anymore. I don't need that. But I swear, if you haven't tried Haribo sour spaghetti, right. I'm telling you. Is that the it new? Is. That's the new one? It's a new one because it's easier It's easier and less messy to eat than a nerd's rope. And it also has like a, it has a pencil, pencil eraser consistency when you're eating <laughs> right. it. Stress relief. So you're kind of like, stress relief. You're, 
Exactly. Love it. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you got to this this far, then you're you're a true <laughs> follower, Murderino, and we appreciate you. <laughs> we love you. We appreciate you. We hope you're taking it easy. Yeah. Um, please, please relax. We love you. Yep. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, <laughs> you want a cookie? <laughs> You want a cookie? Hi, I'm Kara Clank. And I'm Lisa Traeger. And we are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies that episodes of Law & Order SVU are based on. These are our stories. Dun-dun! Dun-dun. Tune into our new show, That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, premiering December 8th on Exactly Right. Every Tuesday, we break down episodes of Law & Order Special Victims Unit, the crimes they're based on, and we interview actors from the show. Are we going to try to get Olivia Benson? Duh, of course. Are we also going to talk to the bartender who doesn't stop unloading glasses while he recounts a murder victim's exact drink order? Yes. And you might be thinking, oh no, do I have to have seen all 479 episodes to enjoy the show? No, you don't. We have done that for you. Hello, USA Network. Thanks for all your characters. (laughs) We'll take you through the episode and then do a deep dive into the true crime it's based on. Look, it's SVU, so we're covering some pretty messed up cases. But we're comedians, so we're also going to talk about Benson's hair. Yeah, you're going to get it all. Classic cases like Mary Kay Letourneau, Casey Anthony, and Elizabeth Small. And lesser known cases like the Ken and Barbie killers, the Collier brothers, and the boogeyman of Westfield. Join us as we learn new things. Why does anybody go to Hudson University in the SVU universe? It is literally riddled with rapes and murders. In real life or on SVU, there is always problems. Hudson University is not real. Oh, it's not? No. Wow, learning something every episode. (laughs) I did not know that. And we share super deep observations. The news gets out. She's a cyber bullier. And there's like a Beauty and the Beast style like brigade. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A mob goes to her house, which I always find so funny. And it's like in New York City, people don't talk to their neighbors. But in this show, people are constantly like at a neighbor's house, like, get out of here, you rapist. We've got opinions on judges. Judge Palumbo. He is disgusting. I'm getting chills thinking about this judge. Lawyers. Buchanan, like, for sure got his law degree at Trump University. Suspects. So we meet Dizzer, Fidelia's baby daddy, and he's a true monster wearing gold chains and a t-shirt that says Reckon Dex and Gettin' Sex. And he's, like, DJing somewhere and trying to, like, use slang with Ice-T. And Ice-T's like, I will mother kill you. And our powerful, beautiful queen, Mariska. I just feel like Mariska Hargitay is physically incapable of having a bad haircut. I mean, like, even that spiky season two look, it's like, it's still a surf. Like, she does it. You know what I mean? And all those moments we love SVU for. What a twist. We learned that this guy learned how to butt chug alcohol via his mother. He's been helping his mother butt chug for years. And we've interviewed some incredible guest stars who spill all the tea. Can I be honest? Yes. Yeah. This don't is name truly a scoop I didn't imagine a minute in. I was like, if I don't get my interrogation with Mariska, I, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I so appreciate you breaking your no interview rule for us. You're asking me this with two minutes to spare. So be sure to listen to That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, when it premieres Tuesday, December 8th on Exactly Right. Subscribe right now on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you pod. Dun-dun. Dun-dun.